Yo, happy new year, all my brothers from other mothers. Hope you guys had a relaxing and enjoyable Christmas break with your family and friends. But man, I know holidays with family can often be frustrating, stressful, even disappointing. But hopefully you found some good spots in there to enjoy, make some memories. And for most of us this past week, it was back to the grind, dude. Getting up early, traffic, work, bills, you know how it goes, man. I get it. It's like, oh, here we go. Back to the grind. But the Grizz is here to help you with that. On this episode, I'm going to help you laugh a little bit. And I'm going to encourage you as I tell you about my recent trip to Jamaica with my family. Some funny stuff, some frustrating stuff, some crazy stuff, and some deep thoughts about all of it. So here we go. Oh yeah, y'all know what time it is. You're listening to the Grizz Podcast. It's gonna be raw, it's gonna be real, and it's gonna be relevant. We're here to guide, encourage, and equip you to live the manly life that God is calling you to live. It's time for you to step up and man up. That's what God expects, and that's what this jacked up world desperately needs. Now here's our host, Jason George. Uh, good stuff. Yeah. Oh man, dude, welcome to the Grizz Podcast. Today is Friday, January 6th, 2023. Happy New Year. Man, I've been out of the office for like a little over a week. Could be two weeks, man. I don't even know. I don't even remember. It was Christmas. Lots of get-togethers. And then we had a bit of a crisis. Crisis here in our house. The temperatures majorly dropped here in South Carolina. We had some frozen pipes to deal with. That was a lot of fun. Yep. Two plumbers later. Big fat plumbing bill. Basically made two mortgage payments in December. Then after Christmas, my family and I had the opportunity through my wife's business to travel down to Jamaica with her business partner and his family. That's my good buddy, Mike Regina. Yeah, he's a legend, dude. It's just good, man. Unfortunately, right before we left on this Jamaican vacation, I caught a bad head cold from my buddy Mike Regina's wife, Lauren. Thanks, Lauren. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, I was over at their Christmas party. She had it. She gave it to me. It's her fault. Super annoying being on vacation, battling head pressure, sneezing, coughing, watery eyes, just overall feeling like poo. On top of that, my lower back has been freaking killing me. I've had lower back issues like a lot of you guys for decades, but it's progressively getting worse. Past few months have been horrible. So haven't been able to do any rucking because of my lower back. It's hard to even stand and walk. Going to the chiropractor again today. And then got to see a spine specialist next week. Oh, man. So I'm in Jamaica with family and friends. I'm trying my best to put on a happy face, be friendly, be personable, be positive. But, man, I was hurting. I was hurting. I just wanted to pop some cough and cold meds, take some ibuprofen from my back, and go rest in bed. That's what a big part of me wanted to do. But the other part of me was like, you can't do that. It's not about you. Embrace the suck. You got to go be social. You got to make memories. You got to make it good for the wife and kids. So I did what I could. I did the best I could. Unfortunately, I did have to miss two really fun adventures that the family went on because I couldn't physically do them. It was just too much walking and climbing. They went to a really cool waterfall. They did zip lines. Man, I hate it. It sucks I had to miss that. I love adventure. And I hate when my health holds me back from enjoying it. 
especially when it's with my family, making memories like that. I was able to do some ocean kayaking in a little cove near the resort. I got to swim in the ocean. And man, just swimming in the ocean felt great, especially for my lower back. But dude, my favorite activity, without a doubt, the entire vacation was snorkeling. This was my first time snorkeling, and I loved it. Um, This one time, I went snorkeling out on this reef with my oldest daughter, my good buddy Mike went with two of his kids, and this Jamaican guy from the resort took us in a small catamaran to get there. It was awesome. We saw some amazing saltwater fish, beautiful underwater plant life. It's weird, man. It's like you enter this whole new world when you snorkel. I was like in this zen state. It was just so peaceful. It was relaxing. It didn't put any pressure on my back. And I kept thinking like how amazing God's creation is. What an incredible artist, designer, creator he is. I'm snorkeling underwater thinking all of this. So many gorgeous species of colorful fish that I've never seen in my life, except for maybe the cartoon version, Finding Nemo. But This, this snorkeling, this was the real deal. I was there in real time, and it was blowing my mind. And my oldest daughter, she's loving it. She's smiling. She's laughing. She's underwater handing me these pieces of bread so that the fish will come over and, like, swarm me. She thought that was hilarious. And my friend Mike, like I said, he's there with two of his kids. He's lighting up, loving it. He's like, Jay, this is the freaking junk man this is it this is awesome so it made me just happy to see him lighten up I think that was my favorite part of the whole vacation but it was hard man because this next thing comes in a really close second we did this sunset boat cruise on a large catamaran I mean the thing was huge it was like big mama catamaran And I thought it was just going to be our family, Mike's family, and maybe a couple other families, but we'd all kind of have room to do our own thing, make memories, you know, just with our family and our friends. But there were like 100 people on board. I'm not exaggerating. They all just like showed up at the last minute. I had no idea it was going to be that crowded. So... We, we're getting on board. I see all these people. I look at my wife. I'm like, this is a bad idea. I don't want to go. I don't like crowds. I don't like being up on people like this. I don't want them up on me. It's just, this is not going to be fun. My 20-year-old son, he starts feeling the same way. <laughs> he didn't want to go. He's yapping at my wife about it too. But she encouraged us to stay. She may have threatened us, but anyway, we stayed Reluctantly, didn't want to, but then about 10 minutes into the voyage, I was so glad that I went because here's what happened. I'm going to take you there. I'm going to take you there, man. The Jamaican staff that are on the catamaran, they start pumping some crazy music on these huge speakers and it sounds so good, dude. It's like pumping, it's clear, it's hitting like the ocean, um, the waves are just like hitting the side of the catamaran. We're popping over these waves. We got to be doing like 25 miles per hour, maybe 30 miles. Like we're just cruising. Boof, boof. And like they're passing drinks out and people are just like bobbing their heads. And there's like, listen, there's like 70 people from India on board. I'm not kidding, dude. 70 people from India. There's a hundred total, but 70 of them are from India. Dude, like, All these Indian families from the Detroit area, they all know each other. They all came together and they vacation together every year. I find all this out because like we're like friends now and they were hilarious. They were hilarious. So anyway, you got to picture this. The sun is going down. The rays of the sun are just hitting the ocean. It's 85 degrees. We're doing like 25, 30 miles per hour, huge catamaran. Boom, but music is pumping, dude, and this song comes on. Come and move that in my direction. 
thankful for that. It's such a blessing, yeah. Turn every situation into heaven, yeah. Oh, oh you are. So it's like Justin Bieber, it's this Hispanic artist named Luis Fonzi. (laughs) It's so good, dude. We're bobbing our heads, we're sipping our drinks. This awesome, magical moment. Not a care in the world. I'm like, all right, all right, this boat cruise, it's not bad, it's not bad. Then my wife is dying laughing, and she nudges me, and she's pointing, she's like, look to your left. I'm like, what? What? Like, what's? What are you doing? Why are you laughing? What's happening? I look to my left. There's this Indian married couple who are holding their mixed drinks, and they just start going for it. They're they're standing there, got their mixed drinks, and they're grooving each other, and they're dancing, and no one else is dancing. I'm like, what is going on? My buddy Mike, he looks over, his wife looks over, we both look at each other, we start cracking up, I'm like lipping to him, you know, like, what the heck? <laughs> so he's like this middle-aged Indian dude. I'm talking total dad bod, belly's popping out of his Hawaiian shirt, cargo shorts, dorky sunglasses, totally getting his groove on with his wife as Fonzie and Bieber just blaring. Dude didn't care what anyone thought. Pelvic thrust, booty shaking, everything. I was like, oh my goodness, this right here is worth the entire trip to Jamaica. Every dollar spent, this is the payoff. Just watching this guy and his wife. Hilarious, dude. They they're, they're going for it. And I'm like, I love this guy. I, this guy, this guy is king right now. So my wife, she's still hyperventilating with laughter. I haven't seen her laugh like that in years, so that's making me like super happy. My son, my youngest daughter, they're dying laughing too. Like I said, Mike, his wife Lauren, they're dying laughing. Um, and this couple just kept grooving, man. Just kept going. And I'm just bobbing my head to the music. I got my drink in my hand and I'm like, what is going on right now? But God, thank you for this moment. This is how we do it down in Puerto Rico. I just want to hear you screaming. I can go forever. Get your groove on, Indian man. Oh, uh. you're freaking your wife right now. Kids are watching, nobody cares. It was good stuff. Anyway, I was like, all right, dude. It was worth going on the boat ride for this. But then it gets even better, man. Well, I don't know if it was better, but it was good. It's just as good. We get to this really cool secluded spot along the coast where these cliffs were. There's nothing around. And they throw the anchor out. And I'm like, what is going on? What are we doing here? Okay, we're, we're just going to sit here. And they're like, no, no, people can swim. I'm like, swim? I didn't even know we're going to do that. Like, I'm not ready for that. I didn't bring my swimsuit. I'm just, I'm here, man. I got my nice shorts on, my nice shirt. I didn't even know we were going to do that. I wasn't dressed for swimming. But then, the one of the staff, dude, the Jamaican dudes, he goes to the front of the catamaran, the highest point, and he just jumps. He's like, yeah, man. And he jumps right in the water. I'm like, oh, my goodness, dude. And there was something in my mind that was like, dude, I'm in freaking Jamaica. This beautiful secluded spot. I'll never be here again in my life, most likely. And I'm like, YOLO. YOLO. You only live once. You know what I'm saying? Why wouldn't I swim if I can swim? Why would I sit and watch others swim in this gorgeous location? I don't want to miss the moment. 
Then through my mind, I could hear carpe diem. Carpe diem, Jason. Kept going through my mind. Seize the day, Jason. So I just pop up with my hurt lower back. <laughs> my scoliosis, my herniated disc, my sciatica going down my leg. I just get up and I rip my shirt off. I got the cough and cold going on. And my wife was like, you're going in. And then my buddy Mike and his wife, they're looking at me like, Jay's going in. And I was like, I'm not going to miss the moment. <laughs> but here's the thing, dude. Like, you're supposed to get a life vest and go off the back of the catamaran where it was easy. It was close to the water. Well, I didn't know that. So I just opened my backpack. I grabbed my snorkel. I grabbed my goggles. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm like a professional snorkeler at this point in the trip. And uh, I just jump off the front of the catamaran, just like the Jamaican staff dude did. I just go, I'm like, yeah, man. And uh, they didn't like that. But it was too late. I didn't care. And, man, we stayed in that spot swimming for about 30 minutes. All of the Indian folks, all 70 of them, they jump in with their wives, kids, life vest. But they go off the back of the boat like they're supposed to. Uh, they didn't care. Dude. The, the, this whole crew <clears throat> of these Indian families, I admire them. They were there to have a good time, to make a memory. They were all about Carpe Diem, man. That's what I'm talking about. So, you know, the swim time is over. I'm like, man, I'm so glad I went on this sunset catamaran cruise that I didn't want to go on with 100 people on the freaking boat. <clears throat> I thought that was like the highlight of the sunset cruise, you know, the dude dancing, freaking on his wife, and then uh, the, the the swimming. But I was wrong, man. I was wrong. Uh, that was not the highlight. Uh, the highlight of the sunset cruise was about to go down. So we begin heading back, and they start blaring the music again, and you got to picture it. Like, again, the sun is just going down over the mountains in the distance. Like, the rays are hitting the ocean. We're doing, like, 25 miles per hour again. Boom. We're just hitting the waves. And it's just this awesome moment. And all of a sudden, as they're blaring the music, like, a total dance party breaks out. Total dance party. It's not just the one dude with his wife getting funky. It just starts going throughout the whole boat. They put on a Jamaican tune, and the staff starts dancing. I don't even know what this tune was. The center area of the boat had kind of a floor area. It became like the dance floor. And then <clears throat> this Middle Eastern Arabic song came on. I don't even know what it was. I never heard it before in my freaking life. But every Indian person on the boat, from the four-year-old to the 60-year-old, as soon as the first beat dropped, they knew what the song was, and they went nuts. I'm not kidding. Like, total Indian loco. They just went nuts. And I watched them dancing. I'm bobbing my head, and I laughed for a while. And then once again, I was like, YOLO. You only live once. Carpe diem, Jason. Seize the day. You know what I'm saying? This I got to take you there. I got as soon as this hit, every Indian person on the boat was like, it's on. And then I go nuts. I'm just like, I don't know what this is, but it's on. Dude, I was speaking in tongues. Drop that beat, boy. Dude, my wife is like, do it. Do it, Jason. I was like, you know I am. You know it. So with my head cold, my heart lower back, my sciatica running down my leg, dude, I got up again. And I went and I joined their dance party. Middle of the boat, they had a circle. People are taking turns in the middle of the circle. They're showing off their best dance moves. Dude, this was all Indian people, by the way. So when I joined them, I didn't know if they'd be mad or what. But they saw me join and they got so excited. They just started cheering for me to go in the middle. They were cheering for the Grizz. They were like, go, go, go. 
So you know I did, dude. It was my time to shine. It was my time to groove. It was my time to let it all hang out. Dude. (laughs) I didn't know what to do. So I just went to my old go-to dance move from back in high school. And I just started busting the running, man. It it looked horrible because of my lower back. It was killing me. But I I was trying to do it. And the Indian people, they loved it. They just laughed. They were like, go, go, go. You do it. You go, you go. in the house y'all come on you want some of this come and get it so the indian people they're laughing they're loving it all of a sudden this other middle-aged indian dad he busts the running man right in front of me he's like i know it too i know that too man oh dude he's doing it even better than me i'm loving it i go back to the edge of the dance circle and i'm letting him have his moment to shine because i'm like you you got this and i'm like i'm 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 about to like fall down my back hurts so bad Dude, then some other white people, Jamaican staff, they join in. There's a black family I met from Toronto. They join in with their kids. And, dude, we're, like, all off the coast of Jamaica on this huge catamaran. This crazy Arabic Eastern dance song is pumping. We're having fun. Hilarious dance party. Amazing. My kids are like shaking their head. They're like, dad is an idiot. Oh, I don't even care. Mm, Carpe diem. Seize the day. YOLO. Uh, 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 come on. Dude, here's the thing, man. I was thinking, like, none of us knew each other before this moment. None of us cared about each other's ethnicity, color, political beliefs, whatever. We just, we were there. We shared this beautiful moment of fun, laughter, happiness. My wife and her friend Lauren, they they just got up. They, they started doing this dance Congo train that formed going around the boat. They're dancing. They're cracking up laughing. My wife is forcing my daughter to get up in it and start dancing. She's like, oh, my gosh, Dad, help me. And uh, I'm cracking up laughing, man. I'm, I'm just dying. My heart is so happy. I'm smiling as I watch everyone have this incredible moment. And it's just a moment where everybody, left all their cares, their worries, their biases, their prejudices, their their stress, their heartaches, their bills, their responsibilities of life, of work, of parenting. Everyone just left it behind. And you just dance to the music and you just laugh. No one cares. It's like, I don't even care. I don't care. I know I look stupid. I don't care. And like I said, man, Waves are just splashing the side of the catamaran. The sun's going down over the mountains in the distance. 85 degrees, baby. Jamaican staff is like just laughing and like cheering us on. Like, yeah, I'm not doing man. Do it, man. You look like an idiot, man. <laughs> you dumb. Dude, amazing. Awesome memory was made. And then I finally sit down. People are still dancing. My wife's having a great time, which made me happy. She needed it. Um And I actually got choked up. It went from me laughing to like I got choked up. But it was a good, you know, good kind of tears. No one saw it. But like, I'm like, dude, I'm about to lose it. Because it was beautiful what I was witnessing. All of it made me think of uh, the incredible moments that are to come in the new heaven and the new earth. I feel like I got a faint glimpse, a faint glimpse of what it's going to be like in that future place where it's going to be every believer in Christ 
from all the ages, every nation, every tribe, every people group, every color of skin will be there. And the music will be better than anything we've ever heard before. It's going to blow Bieber away. It's going to be the greatest celebration of all time. It's going to be with perfected people who are enjoying perfected, immortal bodies in a world of complete perfection. Harmony, safety, complete beauty. There is no pain. There's no more tears. There's no more sickness. There's no more disease. There's no more disabilities. There's no more threats. There's no more worries. No more death. No more no more sin. No more devil. No more demons. It's total perfection. It's a total celebration of God and life. It will be life the way it was meant to be before sin jacked everything up in Genesis 3. You know, I'm sitting there thinking about all of this and how beautiful it's going to be. And I'm like, dude, I'm just getting this glimpse of what it will be like one day. And I'm choked up. Even the best moments of this life here in this fallen world, the dance party on the sunset catamaran off the coast of Jamaica, even the best moments of this life here in this fallen world, they can't compare to what is to come for all of those who are believers in Christ. Will there be dancing and laughter in the new heaven and new earth? You better believe it, my brother. It's going to be beyond awesome. What a day it will be. And guess what? That day never ends. There is no night there. I want you to let your mind go there for a minute. Let me grab my Bible. This is uh, Revelation chapter 21. I love this chapter. This is my future. This is a guaranteed promised inheritance that God has given me. It is waiting for me. It is waiting for you. If you are a believer in Christ, the apostle John writes, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven. The first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Man. Can you imagine? Can you imagine having a perfected body like that in a perfect place like that? No more mourning, crying, no more pain. The former things have passed away. It's gone. Then down to verse 22, the Apostle John says, I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light. And its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day. And there will be no night there. You know why the gates are never shut? Because there's no need to fear anything bad or evil or threatening getting in. It's all done. All of that is done. And there will be no night there. That's what I mean. The day never stops. That good day is an eternal good day. 
They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Man, the new heaven and the new earth is a prepared place for prepared people. Let me say that again. The new heaven and the new earth that is to come is a prepared place for prepared people. And it's going to be mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing. Better than any moment of fun and pleasure that we've ever experienced in this life. And so the question you've got to ask yourself is, am I prepared? Am I prepared for that prepared place? You say like, well, how do we get prepared? What does it mean to be prepared? You've got to get your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. You've got to have your reservation made. Well, how do I do that, Grizz? You place your heart faith in God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You place your heart faith in him. Born of the Virgin Mary, lived a sinless, perfect life that you can't live, and then died a death on the cross for you as your substitute to take your punishment for sin. He took that for you. And on the third day, he rose from the dead. If you will place your heart faith in him and make him your savior and Lord of your life. Turn from your old life. Stop making yourself your, your, your idol. Stop worshiping yourself. Stop following your own ways or the ways of this world or the ways of some other false God or ideology. And you turn to Jesus and you say, you are Savior. You are now Lord. I believe in you. I follow you. If you will do that, God will save you. Your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. You will be prepared for that prepared place. I want you to be there. I want you in that dance party. I want you on that catamaran sunset cruise on the crystal sea, baby. Can you imagine, dude? Dude, bring that Middle Eastern jam back. that is that's the old night rider junk in the background this is also one of my new jams it's on repeat i love this you hear that night rider there it is so good dude so good anyway let me wrap this up man anyway what what else went down on this jamaican vacation we were not without some family drama on this vacation like all family vacations we've ever had and this is so important for me to mention because I want you guys to hear this. You guys that are married, you've got kids, or you guys that are going to be married or have kids one day, you just need to hear this. This is so important for me to mention. Listen, every family has problems. Every family has drama. Every family has arguments, tension, etc. Every family. 
Nothing goes perfectly down here in this world, this life, this side of heaven. You know, social media pics, they paint such a false picture, don't they? Social media is such a joke. It doesn't show reality. Like we got family pics in Jamaica and they came out really good. There's some amazing pics. I'm really happy with the way the kids look and all that. And um, it can send the impression, the image that, wow, look how beautiful their family is. Look how much they're smiling. They're getting along. They're having this great family vacation in Jamaica. And there were some good moments. I just told you about some of them. But there was drama. There were problems. There was arguments. There was tension. Even taking the pictures, that, that didn't go perfectly. You know, I mean, those of you that had done it, you know how that goes. Oh, my goodness. You got, you know, one of the kids like, when is this over? This is stupid. I don't want to be here. I want to go. Can I go shoot, shoot pole over in that one area? I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then I don't want to be there. My back hurts. The lady's like, we go to another location and we take pictures over here. This is beautiful. And I'm like. Oh my gosh, can we just take them here? I, I don't want to walk anymore. I'm, I'm freaking, I, my back is screaming, lady. And then my wife is like, you need to stop it right now. You need to have a better attitude. It's just, man, on our vacation, there were times where the kids were complaining. They were ungrateful about the resort. My kids are uh, 23, 20, and 17. So there were times they're complaining, they're ungrateful about the resort, they're ungrateful about their room, the food, they're comparing it to another place we went on vacation, that place was so much better, I liked it there, they had a way better buffet, this is blah, blah, blah. And and there were times when, listen, I caught myself complaining and being ungrateful. Like I said, there were some arguments. My two daughters, man, they even got in a physical altercation and the older one headlocked the younger one and took her to the ground and I had to go address that as a dad like what are you guys doing what are you guys doing like physically like you're gonna fight each other and they think it's hilarious I'm like it's not funny guys you keep your hands off each other what the freak then there was this one night where my youngest daughter she's alone up in her room at the resort and we tell her, you know, lock the door. And my wife and I are down at dinner with my buddy Mike and his wife. And we're just trying to relax. And Mike and I ordered some steaks. And we're like, this is okay. We're just chilling. This is nice. No kids. <laughs> and uh, she calls us and she says, there's a guy who's trying to get in my room, Dad. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, somebody was knocking on the door, tried to get in. Then I heard the door open. There's a guy trying to get in my room. I'm like, is there a guy in the room now? No, but he's trying to, and he opened the door. I'm like, okay. So my wife's like, you got to go upstairs and check this out. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go upstairs. My back is killing me. I don't feel like getting up. I'm going to get up. Then Mike is like, I'll come with you. We go upstairs to check it out. And as I am literally get to the door of my daughter's room, I'm about to knock on it, tell her to open the door. It's dad, you know, let us in. All of a sudden, down the very end of the hall, I see my wife. Shoes off, shoes are in her hand. Full sprint. I have never seen her run this fast. Full sprint, coming down the hall. And she just yells while she's running. He's in the room. The guy is in the room. And I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? And my heart drops. And I look at Mike and I'm like ready to kick the freaking door in. But then I think for a minute. <laughs> like I know my wife and I know that at times she can be a bit dramatic. Her imagination has gotten the best of her at times. And we've been married for almost 27 years. So... Before I kick the door down, I knock on the door. I yell for my daughter. And I'm like, Ellie, are you in there? Open the door now. And she goes, yeah, dad, I'm here. I'm coming. So I'm like, okay. 
And come to find out, she was perfectly fine. No guy was in the room. My wife was on the phone with her as I'm coming up to check on her. My wife was on the phone with her. She misunderstood my daughter that someone had actually come in. My daughter's saying, I heard a guy's voice. My wife's interpreting that there's a guy, the door open, he's in the room. And I see this maid down the hall and she had come to the door earlier and she had knocked on it and no one responded. So she opened the door because what they do there is they'll come in at night when no one's there and they'll knock, see if you're there. If you're not there, they'll come in and they'll prep and they'll turn down your bed for you for the night, kind of fold it back, maybe put a little mint there or something like that. And I was like, did you come and do this to this room right here where my daughter's at? She's like, oh, yes, yes, I did. And I'm like, she's like, but no one answered. I came in. Then I realized someone there. I leave. I'm like, okay. So I had the maid come tell my daughter that she did that to calm her down. And I assured her that no guy opened her door to get her. And um, she's like, well, I heard a guy's voice. There was a guy. You don't understand. I'm like, well, there was another Jamaican staff guy going to all the rooms knocking because he was delivering room service. I don't know if he got the right room. So I don't know, man. I swear my wife, my daughter, they have watched one too many movies or documentaries about abductions and rapes and murders. And it ended up being another funny memory from the family vacation. But at that moment, it wasn't funny. It was scary. It was tense. It was heated. I was like level 10 worried and about to be like it's about to go down in Jamaica if there's a dude in that room he's going to die he will meet God tonight so I almost lost my junk and um I had to see what else um there are times I had to confront talk to my son my oldest daughter about a few things that I was kind of observing that bothered me and uh, they're both in their twenties and they many times, just like I was at that age, like a lot of you, they don't have ears to hear, but it was hard for me. I don't like having to confront them, talk to them about things. And I especially don't like it when they, they kind of blow me off. Okay, dad. Okay, dad. I'm an adult now, dad. And I'm like, okay. So just telling you guys that, this is reality. Okay. It's just the dad life. This is how it goes. But overall, it was a good trip and I'm grateful that we went, but I'm also super grateful to be back home. You know, when I was off of the resort and we make the trip, um, back to the airport, which is a two hour drive, I was just looking at the country of Jamaica and it's a beautiful country and the people there, all the people that I met, the Jamaican people were amazing people, but poverty was everywhere off the resort, everywhere. And I was like, I hope my kids see this. Like you're back here complaining about this resort, but look at the, at the rest of the country from the the trip from the resort back to the airport. Look, look around at what these people live in. All these Jamaican people that work here at the resort, look at what they go home to compared to what you guys go home to. You know, the staff at the resort, I found out that many of them have to get rides to their job at the resort. Those rides can take an hour to two hours. Some of them, some of them are two hours away and they come to that resort to work. They work long, long days, more than eight hours to basically serve a whole lot of spoiled and rude Americans. There are people from other countries there, but the majority, they're working very long days to serve a whole lot of spoiled and rude Americans. And myself, my wife, our friends, Mike, Lauren, we try not to be that. We try to be different. We try to be very thankful, encouraging, talk to them, listen to them, find out about their lives, laugh with them, tip them, Every opportunity we had, these people, these Jamaican staff people that we talked to, they were so upbeat. They were so friendly. They were so positive. They had such a great sense of humor. I talked to several of them that were single moms who work at the resort. That was long days, long nights just to support their kids. 
And it just made me realize that no matter how bad my life is, how bad I hurt sometimes with my physical health and problems, there are so many things I have to be grateful for. I'm not living a pain and problem-free life. Neither are you. I deal with chronic pain daily, but yet I realize I am so extremely blessed, and I realize that things could be far, far worse for all of us, for all of us. So I got home, and I was getting in the Word, and I looked at Paul's letter to the Philippian church and where he repeatedly tells them to rejoice. He says, rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. Rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. I thought to myself, rejoice is a choice, Jason. It's not a feeling. It says rejoice always. That means whatever you're going through, whatever is going right, not going right, if there's plenty, if there's, you know, poverty, if, if you're lacking, if you hurt, rejoice. Rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. Rejoice is a choice. It's not a feeling. And then I thought about uh, Paul's letter to the Thessalonian church where he says, In everything, in everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. No matter what you have or don't have, no matter how good the food is or how good it's not, whether there's air conditioning or no air conditioning, whatever, you give thanks. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Find things to be thankful for. Jamaica reminded me to do all of this. Like the old hymn says, like, count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God has done. As Americans, for the most part, most Americans, not all of us, we're so blessed and we're so spoiled with so many things. And we don't even realize it most of the time. So that's really it, man. That's all I got for you guys for this episode. I... Hope it made you laugh some. Hope it encouraged you in your journey with Christ as a man, as a husband, as a dad. Hope it also helped you feel (laughs) like you're normal with what you're going through. Like I'm dealing with it too. There, There ain't no perfect life here. There ain't no perfect marriage, perfect family, parenting kids. There's no perfect vacation. That's not how it is, man. So if... You get on social media over the next week or so, and you see the family pictures of us in Jamaica. Um, just you, you just know, like, hey, great picture, but <laughs> you know what's behind the picture and everything that went on for this trip. So uh, keep fighting the fight, guys. Keep fighting the good fight of faith because it is a fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Honor God. Live manly. And stay tuned for a few closing items of Grizz Biz. can't get enough of it like when the night rider like drops uh, dude i'm i just i go nuts man anyway a couple closing items of grizz biz and then i'm out thanks for hanging in there man for this episode number one leave a rating and review wherever you listen to the grizz podcast it's just going to take you like 60 seconds to do that just take your phone like right now and just leave a rating you know give us five stars and just 
leave a sentence or two, <clears throat> like what you get out of this podcast and why others should listen to it. It really helps us get gain more exposure. Number two, share the podcast with a friend or your men's group. You can copy the link, shoot them a text message and be like, yo, man, check this out. It blessed me. Might bless you too. Just share it. A lot of guys don't even know about the Grizz podcast. Make it known, my brothers. And then number three, support the show. Hey, if you're a regular listener to the Grizz podcast, dude, support the show. The Grizz podcast is an outreach of Narrow Trail Ministries Incorporated, and we would not exist without the support of listeners just like you. So if this show is a blessing to you, then be a blessing back to our nonprofit ministry. You can go to narrowtrail.com, narrowtrail.com. Click on our give page and you can set that up. I promise it's safe, it's secure, it's easy. Even ten or twenty dollars, like a monthly donation of ten or twenty dollars to the Grizz Podcast is a huge help and it enables us to keep putting out more solid content to help motivate men like yourself to honor God and live manly. Last thing, if you'd like to connect with me via email or through social media, there are links in the show notes. I would love to connect with you. I'll be back at you next week with more fresh content. So for now, peace out, my brothers. Get your groove on. Turn that up. Turn that up in your ride right now. Uh, let go of the steering wheel. Just, just let it out. Come on. Yeah, that's good stuff.